Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah to all of you and to the Lord. Uh, gracious greetings to every one of you this morning. Welcome to this Easter service. And may the Lord bless us. The service itself is in our folder or on screen. Let's begin with our opening hymn, 442. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. 
I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and exalt him with music and songs. I will not die, but live and will proclaim what the Lord has done. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. The Lord's right hand is majestic in power. The Lord's right hand has shattered the enemy. Death has been swallowed up in the Lord will not abandon me to the grave. He has made known to me the path of life. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? Thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I know that my Redeemer lives and that in the end he will stand upon the earth. The kingdom of the world has become Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and grace. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Almighty God, by the glorious resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, you conquered death, and you opened the gate to eternal life. Grant that we who have been raised with him through baptism may walk in newness of life and ever rejoice in the hope of sharing his glory. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be dominion and praise now and forever. Please be seated.
first lesson is from Jonah 2, might sound a little bit strange for an Easter reading, but keep in mind, Jonah was as good as dead. And the Lord brought rescue, in a sense, a type of resurrection gave him his life back. We read, He said, In my distress I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I've been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me, the deep surrounded me, seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down, the earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I avowed, I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. And off he went to Nineveh. The word of the Lord. Continue with Psalm 118.
Second lesson from 1 Corinthians 15 is about the certainty of the resurrection. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, <clears throat> he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. For I am the least of the apostles, and do not even deserve to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether then it is I or they, this is what we preach. And this is what you believed. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Please stand. Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and, going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Don't be afraid, for I know that you're looking for Jesus who is crucified. He's not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, <clears throat> and there they will see me. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to you, O Christ. Please be seated for the hymn.
the name of the one who has unmatched power, in the name of Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, fellow believers. Today's the day. Are you ready for it? This is the day for the funeral. And that's exactly what the resurrection of Jesus Christ is all about. The funeral. The guards and the women weren't ready for it. The guards were ready to make sure a dead body stayed in the grave. I mean, that's all, all they could do from a human standpoint. They had no ability to stop the power of God. The women weren't ready for the funeral either. They went there to the tomb on Easter morning still expecting death to be death. They were expecting to grieve. They were expecting to go mourn. They were expecting to be dealing that morning with a dead body. And after all, from a certain standpoint, why shouldn't they? That's what had happened from the beginning of time. Everything happened so quickly for the women. I, I don't know if you understand funeral practices back in that day, but because of the climate and the temperature, when somebody died, a living person stayed by that dead body until that was, body was placed in the grave. And usually what happened is the mourners, the grievers, the wailers, the family would all come out, whoever wanted to, that same day the deceased was deceased. And then at the end of the day, after all of the grieving funeral practices, whatever they would do, same day, then the body would go into the ground or into the, into the cave at the end of the day, and that was it. But understand with Jesus, that was impossible. And, and you can imagine the heartbreak of the women. I mean, everything went so fast. He was, he, he was arrested, and then he was tried, and just a kangaroo court happened real quickly in the morning on Friday morning, and then all of a sudden, he's walking with a cross to be crucified, and then he's on the cross from 9 a.m. To, to 3 p.m., and, and then all of a sudden, he's dead. Just like that. Everything was just a whirlwind for the women. And, and so they weren't, or even his followers, they weren't able to do for Jesus what they wanted to do. There was no grieving. There was no funeral that happened. And so the two men processed the body. That, who knows how quickly after 3 p.m. they were able to get it down from the cross. Maybe it was 3.30. Maybe it was 4 o'clock. But understand, they're up against a hard deadline of 6 p.m. They have to be back home by 6 p.m. in order to honor Sabbath laws. And so usually you would wash a deceased person's body. You would put spices on it. You would put it in a type of shroud. And so likely these two men couldn't even wash the body. Things had to be processed so quickly they were able to put the spices on, 75 pounds worth. They wanted to do, or the women wanted to do, 300 pounds worth, according to John. And so they... they get him in the shroud, and they place him in the tomb. Again, racing back home. There was no funeral on Friday. There was no funeral on Saturday. The Sabbath prevented it. You couldn't do any work. And then 6 p.m. on Saturday comes, the end of the Sabbath. But now it's dark, and there are guards posted outside. The women aren't going to go. Probably even the men aren't going to go. And so they logically wait for Easter morning. And the women are first to head out. 
wanting to grieve, wanting to mourn, maybe even to have a funeral in their own way. And even then on Easter morning, they couldn't have it because God himself stopped them. It says, An angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. Now that's what I call dressed for the funeral. The angel was dressed for the funeral. Look at his appearance. Dressed in the radiance of heaven. In appearance like lightning. God had used that imagery before too at Mount Sinai. Snow white clothes, innocent, holy. I mean, this angel is dressed in the radiance and majesty of his creator. And he's still dressed in radiance and majesty for the one that he perfectly serves. This angel is a holy angel. And, and now, mind you, this appearance is, is quite something because the guards shake and become like dead men. And even for the women, it sends a shiver down the spine of the women and they're intimidated. Now, that's usually the reaction of unbelievers. Unbelievers usually in the presence of God or his messengers, shake and become like dead people. They don't know what to think. They've spent their whole life pretending that God doesn't exist and that, that angels or his messengers don't exist and that sin doesn't exist and that they won't have to deal with the consequences. What else can they do but still try to pretend? And actually, that's what the guards go do with the government too after this. Even though they've witnessed the truth, they go make up lies that the body was stolen. Keep reading in Matthew, that's exactly what it says. But for the believing women, or for believers in general, believers recognize the presence of their sin in the presence of God and even his messengers. They're acutely aware of what they carry and what they have, which is exactly why the angel addresses the women and says, don't be afraid. That, that's not just a message, don't be afraid of me and what I look like. It's a message that's a summary of the entirety of the scriptures. That's a message from the desk of God himself, not just to the women, but to every believer. And so the angel says, don't be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who is crucified. He is not here. He is risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Now those are grave words. They're regarding a body that, in and of itself, from a human standpoint, they, they thought was supposed to be in the tomb, is now not in the tomb, and he even predicted and said he was not, three days later, going to be in the tomb. But these are grave words, not just because they're about a tomb, but because they're words of utmost importance and seriousness. He's not here. You think you're going to come grieve and mourn and wail and have a little bit of a funeral for this dead Jesus, oh no. God is robbing you of your grief and taking away every reason you have to be sad, to grieve, to wail, anything you have even for a funeral. And he's completely reversing it and turning it into total joy. This is the fulfillment of what Jesus had even said to them. And so he's stirring the scriptures in their minds as he's speaking. 
to remember what Jesus had said. And then the angel takes it a step further and invites the women to go see for themselves. Come check this out. Investigate this. Look inside of this. And this is what Lutherans love to do. Exactly what the angel said. Check these things out. Look at how they line up with scripture. And invited the women over, if you will, to the tomb. You're sitting on the stone still. And the opening to the tomb is going to be lower. We just saw a tomb like this in Jerusalem this past January. And so the women would have to bend over. They would look inside. They would see the place where the body was. And then it's like a dogleg right. Once you get inside, you turn right. And there are two more little chambers in there. Because a year down the road, they would come back, collect the bones, and put them in one of these other rooms. But the place where the body lay, it's not there, and the cloth is completely folded up. And as the women are investigating this, looking at this, seeing how this conforms to reality, this is what happened, the angel is also giving them time for the scriptures to stew in their mind and simmer so that they can remember these things for themselves. Well, this is what I'd like you to do this morning. I'd like you to look through the eyes of the women. I mean, what's that like to see an angel right there sitting on the stone and to be conversing and communicating with an angel? To be completely caught off guard, to be expecting death and to grieve and to have a little funeral and the angel completely turns your insides totally around and says a completely opposite message filling you with joy and then tells you to check these things out And to look at all of these. So look at the angel. Look with the eyes of the women inside the tomb. you got to bend over a little bit and see the exact place where that dead body was because he was truly dead. And then to contemplate the scriptures. He is not here. He's risen. Are, Are the scriptures simmering on your soul? Soaking in, saturating? Are you now ready for the funeral? Because this morning we didn't come here to celebrate Jesus' funeral. This morning we didn't come here to celebrate your funeral or to celebrate mine. This is the day we celebrate the funeral of death. This is the day death died. From the very desk of God, penned by the Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, where, O death, is your victory? Or as we sing in in Christ alone, that hymn, death has completely lost its grip on me and on you. What, What an incredible practical thing to believe. This is exactly what Easter leads us to see. And so we don't come here to grieve, to mourn, to wail. They have a funeral. We've come here to see the total, complete victory over death that Jesus Christ won. When Jesus lived his life and died on Good Friday, he paid for your sin in full. And on this day in history, this is the day he ended death's rule. And so this is the fulfillment of the scriptures now proclaimed to you. That from the voice of Jesus Christ, on the pages of scripture, through this representative of the Lord today, when Jesus says, or even when the angel says, don't be afraid, 
this is the culmination of the entire work of Jesus Christ, the totality of the gospel now being proclaimed to you, that in the presence of God, we get to have no fear. Because the same scriptures that predicted the resurrection of Jesus Christ three days after his death, it guarantees yours. You are going to rise from the dead. Believe it. The women did. The women believed the message of the angel and they quickly hastened with their feet and they were going from the tomb and they were headed to the disciples to tell them this incredible message and experience that morning. And then all of a sudden, life was interrupted again. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Uh, the women had all kinds of feelings and emotions wound up in their heart. Who could blame them? But the one thing Scripture makes clear is that they trusted the message. And as they're going to proclaim this message to the disciples, Jesus in the flesh stands before them and appears to them. Now, this appearance wasn't ghastly or, or, or ghostly. <laughs> it wasn't a vision, and it certainly wasn't an apparition. It was their rabbi, their Lord, their Savior, their friend, their teacher, standing right there in the flesh. Now, mind you, I have three daughters and a wife, and I don't like to use them for sermon illustrations, but I understand a little bit emotion um, in my home. And if these women were afraid, what would they do? Scram. If this thing was was scary, if, if this experience right here was, was something that terrified them, they would have been out of there. But look at what they do. They turn to him. They come to, they're not afraid in the least. And they bow down before him knowing who he is and they grab hold of his feet and they worship him. Again, this is the sign of complete faith. They were just overjoyed to see their Lord. They had proof of life right before their very eyes. We have proof of life too on the pages of Scripture. You heard it in the 1 Corinthians 15 lesson. All these witnesses on the pages of Scripture that saw Jesus alive after death. That he rose from the grave. And we believe it. We trust it. And it leads us too, just like the women, to worship him. And so what I'd invite you to do is what you're doing. That you wear the clothes that Christ has won for you and that have been given to you from your baptism. That you dress in heaven's success. All of the work of Jesus Christ that he's clothed you in, that he's robed you in, the forgiveness of sins, the holy living and righteous life Jesus won for you. Through faith, that's completely yours. You're ready for heaven and dressed for heaven, just like that angel. And that you, in the time that you have, would take to heart the grave words. Not just about Jesus' life and death and resurrection, but from Genesis all the way to Revelation. That you would take to heart the words of Scripture, because all of these are written that you may believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that by believing, have life in his name. And that you would keep in mind as you live on earth, 
The day's coming where you're going to see proof of life before your very own eyes. That your eyes are going to be raised from the grave. Your whole body too. And you're going to see Jesus standing in the flesh just like the women did. That day's coming. Let it fill you with hope as you live your life in this world. A world that a world that isn't going the right direction. A world that's full of fear. A world that's fallen and getting worse day by day. Let the scriptures fill you with hope that you cling to Christ and you see exactly where your life is going. You're going to rise. You're going to live in heaven where we're going to celebrate the death of death in the resurrection of Jesus Christ forever and ever. Amen. Please stand. We join in the creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
Heavenly Father, God of grace, you have brought us into a new and living hope by the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. For as in Adam all died, so in Christ all will be made alive. He was delivered over to death for our sins and raised to life for our justification. Hallelujah. We marvel at the love you showed by your willingness to sacrifice your son to pay for our sins. We bow down in adoration at your mighty power which raised him from the dead. We praise you for Lord Jesus, God of grace, you have filled our hearts with resurrection joy by your victory over sin, death, and the grave. You have conquered the darkness and given us comfort and hope. With the church of every age, we offer you unending praise, for you have crushed Satan's head and have removed our guilt. You are risen. Dear Savior, we who are weary and burdened come to you for rest, knowing that because of your perfect redemption, there is now no condemnation for us. Take away our doubts and fears and daily renew in us the joy of our salvation. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, God of grace, you have called us by the gospel and brought us to saving faith in our risen Lord. Keep us with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. As we journey through life, make us yearn for the day when you will give eternal life to us and all believers in Christ. He is risen Hear us, Lord, as we now bring you our private petitions. Work through us as we proclaim the saving message of the crucified and risen Jesus near and far, so that many others may hear your call, obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus, and join us before the throne of our God and of the Lamb. And we join to pray. Our Father, Almighty God, you give us the joy of celebrating our Lord's resurrection. Give us also the joys of life in your service and bring us at last to the full joy of life eternal. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace.
Happy Easter, everyone. Happy Easter. Greetings to all of you. A special welcome to guests and visitors. Love to have you come again worship with us. A couple announcements for you, though, for the week ahead. Uh, if you're looking to come to church anytime tomorrow or through the rest of the week, we're actually having all the carpeting in the back. The church is staying put, but the carpeting in the narthex is going to get ripped up and new carpeting is going to go down. We strategically planned it right after Easter uh, and after the snow and all the grime from winter. So uh, they've actually painted the walls already in the narthex, and that's the second phase. So carpeting uh, coming next week if you need to get in. Next week, if there are cars in the lot, feel free to come, but really you could only get in through the the school areas. Then, uh, no church tomorrow night. And then one other note about a week from tomorrow. On April 17th, they're going to start construction on Millersville Road. And they're going to start with Badger Road all the way down to 42. So during the week, that road is going to be out. On the weekend, it's likely there will be a single lane or so for you to get to church. But if you're looking to do anything during the week, that, uh, that road's out. So you're going to have to come by Newman Plumbing that way. And then early May, they're going to flip it and reverse it. So uh, just stay posted as they, they repave and take care of that road. And one other nice uh, bit of news is uh, last week we heard that we uh, qualified for a $50,000 grant. And that money will be coming for the play area for the building project, uh, I don't know, the next couple of weeks or so. So that was really great news. Uh, that's all I have. Any other announcements from you for today or for the week ahead? And God's richest blessings to all of you. Please greet one another and have a, a blessed Easter. <laughs>